Welcome back to Dansplaining. How are you, George? Yeah, I'm not too bad right now. After a rocky day, we've arrived, we've arrived here to, to record the intro. <laughs> Wait, why is it a rocky day? Oh, we've fallen out. Um, yeah, you did beat me up. You did keep breaking wind on Lola. <laughs> so, you know, I had to defend her honour. That wasn't even the reason. There was, there was a plethora of reasons. Yeah. You know, people, people listening to this podcast won't agree with me because, by and large, they're fans of Danny Lomas. But you're really We've punchable. Got, uh, you're really punchable. I mean, to be fair. I'm also really hilarious when hungover, so I feel like I just go a bit delirious and a bit nuts. So you're hungover now? Uh, it's wearing off. I'm all right. Yeah? Yep. And that's because it is, although... Fashion week is officially over. It's still fashion week oh, somewhere. Fucking, yeah. It's like that whole thing of like, it's five o'clock somewhere. It's fashion week somewhere. Genuinely, yeah. So all the parties that have got cancelled are now being rearranged. Just went for drinks at our model agency yesterday and then now I've got a big one tonight with Boss. Yeah, so I, th- I thought this was quite interesting. Cause, so when the Queen passed away, they cancelled all the parties. Yeah. But instead of just cancelling them, they've rescheduled them for this week. Yeah. And So it was London Fashion Week, then... What is it? Then Milan, then Paris, and now back to London for the parties. Yeah, so what's interesting is, like, the names attached to these. So, like, some of the parties, you know, we'll get invited to, and you go there. You go there to show face. You go to, like, get your goodie bag or whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> You're your inside. Exactly, yeah. Um, but then some of them you go to, like the one you're going to tonight. Yeah. Uh, where it's presented by Anthony Joshua and Naomi Campbell. Yep. And there's a secret surprise performance by... Wait, is it... Do we, are we not supposed to know? I, that's what I heard originally. Oh, well, apparently it's Dave. That'd be cool. Dave performing. Dread to think what all this cost them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that'd be quite good. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I'm yeah. kind of not nervous, but I'm just like, I couldn't think of anything worse than alcohol right now. So I might do this intro, have a quick little sleep, and then... Your life's really hard, isn't it? Like, you go out and your biggest worry is if you're going to be able to drink anymore on another night out. Yeah. At least you still make relatable content, don't you? <laughs> I mean, yeah, seasoned veteran at this point. Uh, so, what's up? What's been happening? What's well, been happening? I want to talk about a campaign that came out yesterday. Hey, it's very yeah. close to my heart. Is it mine? Drake's one. Yeah, you 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 uh, appear in. I started really badly then. Didn't yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was. So, because I, I, I think it was the perennials. I can't tell if it's like a campaign or just uh, just a shoot. So Drake's is a brand that you've worked with over the last couple of years. Yes, and I love them dearly. So and if I were to wear one brand for the rest of my life, it probably would be Drake's. Pretty much all you wear anyway, so that would make sense. Yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, got to the shoot and it was just like friends and family. Like it wasn't anything... But what is Drake's? You know, so Drake's like any... a, a sartorial-leaning lifestyle brand where it's... They're on Savile Row, they make suits. Anything from bespoke suits to caps, tees, scarves, ties, you name it. But yeah, I turned up on the shoot and it was... Like, I think you like, like a time slot. I think they shot 40 people in two days. You just kind of go in, you get shot in like half an hour. So it's just like, take a few shots, go off, get changed, another outfit, take a few more shots. And yeah, it, it was good fun. Yeah, and the, but the thing is, what's nice about doing something like that is you although they are a brand, big brand, yeah. like you do have a personal relationship with them. And actually some of the other guys on the shoot, like people like Zach Maui, Luke Edward Hall, you know, people that you've worked with previously yeah. are part of it as well. And it kind of builds like a little bit of a network and it's like, it's fun as well. And those yeah. guys are great. And they also did give you a free sh- suit for uh, <laughs> the wedding we went to. For Mike Key's wedding, yeah. I was in a bespoke Drake suit. Very cool. Yeah. Loved it. 
Palace released a book, purely full of their captions online. Yeah, I feel like... Is it purely just that? Or is yeah, it... yeah, yeah, it's just product description. <laughs> so if even if you're not into streetwear, if you're not into Palace, it's always just worth going onto their website just to read the product descriptions. Yeah. I feel like an edgier version of you writes the product description. So there's like half shit dad joke, half like quite witty jokes. What was that what you said about? Is the down jacket? Yeah, it's like a, a down puffer jacket and the caption just reads... I'm down for that. Boo. Needs work. We also have some insider information which we're not allowed to leak. Yeah, I, like, you know, it might not be true. It might be true that, you know, Palace have collaborated with a lot of people recently. They have. Uh, Obviously, Ralph Wren was the first huge one. Yep. And it's something quite similar, I guess. It's a... I'd say a lot bigger, a lot more high-end, a lot more Italian. It's very lux- luxurious, but it's that kind of... Yeah, it's very... Pretty cool. If that... I was about to say if that comes through, but yeah, it's... Everything but confirmed. When will it get confirmed or whatever? You heard it here first, guys. When you see it. Benji Floor. So yeah, this, this, you know, like, in this section, we kind of, like, wanted to talk about, like, what we've been up to, give you an insight of, like, what we get up to day to day, because obviously we don't record the podcast every day. But we thought we could talk... Feels like we fucking do. Yeah, so far too much to hard to get <laughs> But, you know, I thought it'd be, like, when we see something interesting that's happening in fashion, we can, like, give you our opinions on it as well. And then I've seen something that I think is fucking shit. <laughs> <laughs> But it's, so Benji Floor, are they a musician? Yeah. So a musician, they have merch. This, this, this is no, like, shade at Benji Flow. This is obviously some brand activation that's yeah. been sold in. There's a massive bag involved. And the actual concept is terrible. It's a QR code. And apparently it's something like, the more you wear it, you, like, get rewards. So I think if people scan the QR code on your jumper, you unlock, like, tickets to live shows and what have you. Yeah, so his merch has a QR code inbuilt into it, but it's in partnership with Smirnoff. Yeah. But the hat, it's a $225 hat, a $1,000 jacket, a $500 hoodie or something. If I'm spending $225 on a hat, I want that Gucci hat that has, like, two panels, two uh, peaks on it. (laughs) Two hats in one. Think about how many live shows you could buy for $225 anyway. Yeah. So it's just, yeah. But everyone's going to think you're, like, one of those COVID scanning apps, like, just going to follow you behind scanning. Yeah, it's just a bit, I don't know. But I feel like it's done before. I'm surprised it hasn't... Did you thought that, like, you had more stuff? Like, Stone Island have, like, authentication QR codes. Yeah, stuff like that. Like, like, I've got QR codes on my clothes, but yeah. that's check, like, yeah, check where they're from. You can do things like traceability there for each. So you scan a QR code, QR code and you can see, like, the journey of your yeah. products, like, who's touched it, how ethical it is, and things like that. This is just a bit of a dead, you know, like, I work in advertising and, and podcasting. And podcasting, kind of. And this feels like some shit idea that someone came up with in, like, 2014 yeah. when QR codes <laughs> first came around. And then they were like, yeah, this is sick. And then someone just found an old deck with this picture and said, let's do that one again. Yeah. Or maybe they should do it. It's like, if you scan that QR code, you get to wear that in the metaverse. You're like, fucking, I don't know. Anyway, uh, we're actually in a new office right now. Yeah, we are. And it's quite bare. It looks like a school. So yeah, we, we don't normally do this. I feel like our podcast is very much about the, our guest who comes on, you know, make, you know, finding out a bit, bit, bit about them. We don't really like beg for anything. But I feel right now, this is our section. This is our, this is our moment. And we get to beg you guys at home. No, not, not the guys at home. You guys are hoping to send, send us, us a fucking <laughs> send us a rug. <laughs> um, but you know, there's a few like people that work for brands and uh, alcohol brands and witches, maybe maybe some plants, some lamps, some snacks. Actually, we did get some snacks sent to us the other day. But we did, were, yeah, snack snacks. But yeah, that was nice. By sort of chili jams and, and, and 
Spicy honey. Spicy hot, hot honey. <laughs> hot honey, that's the one. Yeah, so but if people from brands want to listen, they want to send us some nice candles. Presents. Candles are always a good one. Yeah, our friends at Hakels are sending us some candles. Sick. But uh, yeah, also, let's just fucking say it now. Why not? We're in the process of kind of rebranding Dan's playing in. Can I not be on the podcast anymore? <laughs> is, that the change around, is that the change around? Hopefully, yeah. No, I don't know. Let us know what you think. We've got colour schemes. We've got bloody... Potential name change, I don't know. What do we think of Dan's playing at home? I don't know, keep it. I like it, guys. I think I think it's great. I want us to keep it. I also can't be asked to go through the whole process of rebranding the whole thing. But it's your yeah. podcast, Daniel, so... It's our podcast. It's Jordan's playing. I am not involved in this podcast in the slightest. You won't even do a shoot with me for the logo. Look, we had a great reference thing, and it was about eight photos of Wham, one photo of Step Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I want and you're not down for it I want people to take us seriously that's why look the simple fact is I said that we don't beg for stuff you're going to hear in this next podcast that we didn't beg but we, we sulked yeah. our way into getting a collaboration <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong yeah it's, it's a very serious podcast this one it's absolutely not Chris is fantastic it's, it was one of the most fun ones when I was listening back I actually was just pissing myself Chris is great. Yeah, so this week on Dance Playing, we've got uh, Chris Gove, who is the founder, creative director, CEO, chairman, model, Instagram and TikTok host <laughs> of the menswear brand Percival, who we've both got our own histories with that brand. I remember the V1, I'd go in there, buy some like menswear, which apparently, you know, I was the only person in Soho <laughs> buying it, according to these stories. And you, you were there for V2, where you've like worn it, you've met the guys, and hopefully there's going to be a V3 where Downsplaining and Percival can work together seeing as they're working with other podcasts instead of us. <laughs> That's right, Chris. I know you're listening. <laughs> and without further ado, let's get into it. Big love. See you soon. Enjoy. Danny. Hello. Chris. Hiya. When did you two first meet? We met at the Percival birthday dinner. We did indeed. But I knew about you for ages before then. Oh. And you know when you don't know what someone's voice is going to sound like? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I was a YouTuber. How did you know me without hearing me? Because You're on I... Instagram as well, mate. Very <laughs> yeah, true. Yeah, I don't know. I just... It was more stills back then, anyway. Video, video. It was stills. Yeah. And I just remember thinking, well, easy. That's a good model. That guy would be good to model for us. That's it. And then and Ryan... Then heard his voice and said no. <laughs> exactly. And I was like, well, there's enough Northerners. Midlanders, Northerners? Oh, my God. I'm Northern, yeah. Okay, yeah. But Ryan, who does our work for us for ages, brand ambassador type, manages brands a lot of like social media, a lot of graphic design. He knew someone who works... At Cairo. My best friend. Well, your best mate. Right. And he was like, you wouldn't be able to afford Danny, don't worry about it. So it just stopped, it just stopped there. And anyway, like a couple of years passed and then Terry invited you to the dinner, maybe through Paula, Paula Anton, maybe. Cultural influence maybe invited you. Yeah. Yeah. Lily. Yeah, Lily. Oh, Lil. is it? Oh, Lil. We've never met. Oh, really? She's the most cockney person you'll ever meet. You think there's none left, then you meet her. <laughs> you're like, she's taking it all. <laughs> yeah, she's taking it all. It's like a sponge. You sucked it all up. You just, oh, mate. Um, and there was, there was one thing that uh, stuck out about that night about Danny, his his guest as well. We, we sent Danny and Magnus to that dinner. Wearing, wearing the same thing. Wearing the so same outfit. I had no idea. Like, I, thought, I thought you were boyfriends twinning. For fuck's sake. George and Matt manage me and Magnus. So then 
we both got sent the same like sheet saying choose something. Me and Magnus chose, and then Jaws and Matt didn't tell me that me and Magnus had chosen the same thing. Yeah. They thought it'd be hilarious. I got there. I found it really fucking hilarious. Magnus didn't. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> says a lot about Magnus. Yeah, yeah, a huge contrast because you came in and I was like, "It's Daniel Omas," and you were like, "Right, Matt," and I was like, "Hey, this guy's a great guy." And Magnus was there with his like Northern European, just like. Stoicism. We're wearing the same fucking thing. I think the thing that made me laugh about turning up as well was the the fact that I came out of the hotel room. I think Magnus was coming. We were getting a car together. So Magnus turned up and he was on the phone to his accountant. And then I turned up and I was like, "Hey, no way, we're in the same thing." And he had like face, like expressionless face, just on the phone. Half an hour, we went through the whole Uber call until we got out the car for the meal, hung up, <laughs> and he was like, "Nice fit, mate." <laughs> <laughs> And that was it. We just walked in. So, yeah, Chris, mm-hmm. Percival, yeah. your baby. Yeah. Let's take it back a bit. Before before Danny Lomas uh, was too expensive for you, sure. when did the brand start? Top of the tree Lomas. <laughs> it's really old. It's been it's a not that old. But, but, well, there's two phases. Phase one, phase two. Phase two is what everyone knows now. Since 2017, it's been five years, which since we've been online. Before that, I just had a shop in Soho on Berwick Street. And I was in market. I worked at Mother. Wyden Kennedy, TBWA, Grey, like put the marketing list together. I used to freelance all of them. And because I was freelance, I was like a sellsword. I'd just come and go. And they'd be like, I've got a pitch for Jaguar, three in the morning. I'd be like, nope, I'm leaving at six. Um, and I used to just go to the shop and see how much we'd sold in the shop. It was just like a hobby, like side yeah. hustle. Everyone's got the side hustle, that was that. And they'd be like, my product director, who's still with us, who used to run a shop now, Paul's from New Zealand, he'd be like, we sell nothing, mate. <laughs> okay cool brilliant so yeah it was it was just what year was this like I st- we opened the shop maybe 2014 all right so it's just sitting there collecting dust couldn't really make much stuff we just sold it for the shop did no wholesale it was just a bit crap <laughs> and, I had, and it was just i thought if i have a shop then it'll be a billboard for the brand and i started because i wanted to make this yellow jacket i had when i was like four that i saw in a picture it was like some wax cotton, yellow wax cotton. I think I told you guys this. And I had to make 50 of them. And then I sold them. And I knew a guy who was a wholesaler at ASOS. And he was like, I'll buy a wholesale collection. So I did more of that. Did a wholesale collection. Did one collection. And it was on ASOS. And I was like, wait, why are we doing this? Yeah. Let's just open a store. Sell it ourselves. <laughs> the old school D to C. We had this store. It was just a nightmare. We had rats. We were locked into like a 10-year lease. Bloody hell. Yeah, but that was back then when leases were just like, like mafia stuff. Increasing rent every year. Tied into all these rates. I just sort of did a quick exit sell calculation how much stuff I've got to sell and I was like I can sell it and work at the same time turns out couldn't do that at all and the people I started the brand with one was like a finance guy who was doing property who was just doing that the whole time lovely guy though love that guy and this woman who is a fashion designer she's worked for like Studio Nicholson she's amazing provided the technical expertise at the beginning those two did the thing and you had like store staff you guys weren't working in the store so we had Ryan okay yeah so Ryan was an intern then running the store but he obviously he went to Sydney and then came back a few years later and carried on working for us but it was Ryan and Paul who are still with us now and then we went through so many shop staff because they were like I love this job what the fuck is this job you guys are mental <laughs> but I would just check in at the end of the day on the sales obviously saw like one thing or some random tourist would buy something but it was awful we locked into that lease making no money so there was three things that happened in one day that I was like right God, I'm quitting this I'm quitting I'm shutting it down everything first one was that like I'd come in open the store guy comes back in famous rock star he had been going through the airport and the TSA had stopped him because he'd had a brand new personal shirt on and pulled a baggie out of his top pocket <laughs> Which at the time, I was like, lol, freebie. <laughs> and he was like, this is really serious. I'm in, insert famous band name. My, all, they're all in Berlin right now, going to play a show in three hours. I'm not there. Because oh. I've got coat all over my shirt that I bought from you brand new. And How I, did that happen? Because 
insert name of business partner at the time, was just putting stuff on and going out in Soho, <laughs> buying drugs. <laughs> and then just like using the shop money to buy drugs and then put it all in his top pocket or whatever, use the top and pocket. Then selling, and then you sell the product. We just put it back on the, in the on a hanger and put it back on the shop floor and just not checked whether he'd left his expensive drugs <laughs> in the pockets of it. So he brought that back and I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry, sorry, like trying to curve a PR nightmare. Yeah. He then left the store and another guy walked in and was like, oh, um, have you got a certain jacket in a certain size? And I had gone over to get a jacket because he meant to have like two or three shop staff per whatever square foot. It was just me. And a guy had just come in and had just got a rail of clothes and ran out. <laughs> and I like the guy went into the changing room to try a jacket on, turn my head, see a guy run out the door with the stuff. And I was like, ah, back in a sec. And I just ran around Soho chasing this guy. <laughs> like, because your Soho's like kind of like American, it's kind of like a grid, that Wardour Street. Brewer, yeah. up the alley, <laughs> uh, what's that street of Supreme on? Then up, back up Wardour, left past Silk Society, down Great Marlborough, left. <laughs> I was like, I've got to get these jackets back. And he finally just ran out of steam and he just gave them back. He was like, oh. No way. He was just like, you've got me. He just gave them back. And I was like, do you know what? I appreciate, appreciate uh, just giving them back, quite honestly. You could have done that about two miles ago. Yeah. And I walked back in the store and the guy had come out the changing room and he was like, oh, I like that one. And he actually bought those two jackets and it was the biggest sale we'd made, like two full price jackets. <laughs> I was so knackered, sweating. So I'd had Rockstar with the Coke, I'd had the jacket theft marathon. And then <sighs> another guy had come in and he came in and he locked the door because we always left the key. We had made this like Sapili hardwood thing on the yeah. front. If there was anything that was nice about the shop, we put all the money to the shop front. We left the key in there because the lock wasn't a latch. So it was just like a little deadbolt. And he turned around and locked it and he started smoking a crack pipe. You know <laughs> Get, you know when you get like just Soho fringe, like they've been in Soho for ages. They're like wise to the streets. And he was just like smoking a crack pipe, just talking weirdness at me. And I was genuinely sort of worried. And then I, a policeman just walked past and I banged on the door and he looked in and I sort of eyed towards this like rambling crack induced rain man. And I unlocked it and he was like, don't let him in, don't let him in, just freaking out. And then he sort of just lurched at me and tried to like smash this crack pipe on my face. <laughs> and then the policeman like pins him down. Matt looks terrified. And then, um, but then he started going, I came in here cause he was being racist. He was being, I was like, ah, not now, to say that now. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're on the floor with a crack pipe. Like. And then at the end of that day, I was like... "What's Okay, this is going to sound really stupid. What's that process? Because you've, you've got stock, you've got yeah. staff, you've got a 10-year lease with yeah. the Italian mafia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're harboring crackheads. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you've got a business, a business partner who yeah. probably wasn't the best for the business. How do you then close a business down? Yeah, so all new learnings for me there. So firstly, it was like trying to get out the lease. 10-year lease, I was three, four years in. And I just texted the landlord. I was like, listen, guys, I don't think I'm up for this. Uh, should we just like, you know, let me out of it and I'll just pay the next month's rent? And they went, no. And they sent me a bill for £450,000. <gasps> thought, if you want to get out, you pay the remainder of the lease. And I was like, hmm. <laughs> and so I just, I'd met our, to our investor and mentor now, I had met through a friend and he had said, I said, listen, mate, invest. And he was like, your business is terrible. He was like, <laughs> you make okay product, but the business model is shocking. You don't run it. Everyone's a nightmare. Just like, if you can think of a way to come up with a fresh approach to what you're doing, then yeah, if you can ship and scale those garments, then fine, but not going to give you money now. It's just, you're a nightmare. And I said, okay, well, listen, I need to get out this lease. And he sort of explained to me that you first liquidate the business. And so if you have a limited company, you're protected by the company veil. And so anything that you you've done can then be liquidated off. And then you're not, you're personally not liable for everything. I'm not personally liable, but the process of that is quite sort of like 60 days or something. Meanwhile, the shop is there 
and I'm not paying HMRC, rent, rates, phone, etc., <laughs> suppliers, the list. And so there's a bailiff who comes knocking and he's like, he said, listen, you got these bills. I don't want to make a scene out here. If you let me in, we can negotiate. And I was like, you're right. I don't want to make a scene on Berwick Street. And I let him in and he was like, right, I'm in. Let's look at the stock. Snapping pics of everything, snapping pics of everything. And he said, if you do anything, because you know they wear a camera, does audio, visual, whatever. And he was like, I'm recording you right now. So everything you say, if you do anything, I'm going to use it against you. You can't attack me. You can't do this or this. And he'd said to me. Are you planning on attacking him? Well, not no. <laughs> but then like, you know what, bailiffs, you know, they get a lot of shit, a lot of, a lot of, shit, don't they? of course. And I was like, okay. And he, he snapped me. He said, Whoa, I'm gonna get four grand for all this stock. And I was like, okay, and he left. Meanwhile- Were you thinking, fucking hell, result. Wish we could get four <laughs> grand for it. <laughs> Not no. I was thinking, well, the, the RRP on a stock should have been around 15k. Yeah. However, they said I had no idea, just chuck it at auction or something. Some geezer picks it up, sells it down, Roman TK Road, Mac. TK Mac. Mm -hmm. TK might have been a good way to go, actually. But then Paul, my production guy, had come back and I was like, listen, mate, this is the deal. It's a nightmare, explained everything. And he was like, well, why don't we just sell it online? And I was like, I don't know. So we, you had no online presence? No at online this presence. Point. But this is 20. No, they, they had the internet then. 2016. <laughs> I'm not sure that they did. <laughs> no. But do you know what it was? The, the business partner, who was a nightmare, was meant to be doing that stuff. And that was a constant point of contention. It was like, where's our online presence? Where's our online presence? But also at the time, there was only Magento as a back end of WooCommerce, a couple of others. Shopify was brand new. And they'd released a beta version of Shopify that year. And he said, I've been looking into Shopify. And I was like, show me. And Shopify just revolutionized how to run an e-com store. And it's still kind of, you just drag stuff in. In fact, you could just drag images in and change the stock. And we put everything online. And I had a short mailing list. I had about 10,000 people on the mailing list. And we just did it as like an art, like a online sample sale. And so I sold it all about 30K. Bloody hell. And then I said to the bailiff, you said it was only worth 4K. And I only gave him 4K. Because <laughs> he'd recorded himself saying it yeah, was only yeah. worth 4K. Ah, nice, yeah. So, and he was like, I didn't say that. And I went, you said you recorded it. You said 4K. And so I only had to give him 4K. You did the re reverse Uno card on him, yeah, basically. Exactly. Flip reversed it. And I actually learned, <laughs> I, I actually learned that, um, like Blazing Squad, I actually learned that you, you're not, you don't have to let bailiffs in. No. I didn't know that, like vampires, they can only be in if they're <laughs> you have to You have to invite them in. And I just, so I was, that was just a learning there. You don't, and that's his whole spiel about, don't make, let's not make a scene, man. Hey dude, hey bro. And, but, so I didn't have to let him in. Gave them 4K. The shop, everything got liquidated. So I negotiated with the people who were in the business. I was like, listen, I'm going to take this. I'm going to do this. Unless you're going to do it. You can still have shares for like working here, 5%, whatever. And so they got shares because they had helped me build whatever the brand was worth at that point, which was nothing. Well, yeah. the brand was worth 4K because that's what I bought all the assets. Yeah. <laughs> so I used the money and the liquidator allows you to then, you can buy, I bought all the stock and all the assets. So when I made that money, it was legally mine, bought the brand. And then I came up with this, I just saw everyone queuing outside of Supreme and uh, it was with Terry, who Terry does head of marketing, who was at Exposure at the time. And he was like, oh, the fucking Thursday launch. <laughs> and I was like, ding. Oh yeah, why don't we just do like a tiny drop every week? Cause that's all I can afford. I've got 30K, let's make it in London, do a little drop each week, release it, release it, and just grow it that way purely through this rubbish Shopify that we like, have. Hand to mouth, yeah. You hand sell, to mouth, yeah. you then use that money to exactly, make Exactly, man. And it was about like, okay, do we have margin? What's the margin? 50%. So in theory, we can make double again next time. And then we didn't pay ourselves anything for a year and a half. And I just went hurt. Like we got all the midnight, we got all the stock out of the shop and put it in my lounge. It's about the size of this actually at the time, like open plan, floor to ceiling, just boxes. Ooh. And that's how we did it for a year and a half, just in my house. Bloody and hell. Bless my girlfriend. <laughs> Who's an interior designer, by the way? Oh, they drove a yeah, nuts. From Iceland. They're, you know, fair play to her. She stick with me and Paul stuck with me. We just screw it that way. And actually, when I went back to the investor, I was like, look, you said it was this. And now we've done this. We've simplified the business model. No overheads. Very flexible way of working. Good margin. He was like, okay, this is it now. You're onto something. And then... 
yeah, we managed to get 150 grand after that 18 months, and then I started paying myself properly. Yeah, but the, the one there's one legality though. Cut what you want because some of this might be boring waffle. <laughs> I had a 20 grand overdraft with HSBC that we had used, and I had a personal guarantee on that. And they come for that money because that's personal guarantee. Yeah. So they had, I got a letter from them going, where's the 20 grand? Because I thought everyone was sweet. Yeah. And then they came for that. And actually I was like, okay, the new business will have to pay off that because I couldn't pay that off. So I was making money and paying. Well, yeah, you were making no money. So. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> and that's another reason we didn't pay ourselves. So we did 500 pound a month. What was the biggest difference, like clothing wise? The, I know the big difference between the brand now is it's run properly now. <laughs> uh, but like yeah. design-wise, clothing-wise, what was, what's the main mm. difference between Percival now and, and the V1? Yeah, the, v, the V1 had no... There was so much going on. I was working, I was doing other stuff. There was no... There's not even a design ethos or a comp or a value to what we were doing. Like, no one knew why we were doing it. I'd made a yellow coat, but it snowballed. <laughs> and it was like, I'm just making knits that are like, some time sold, okay. Or a pair of trousers. Like, I didn't have a vision of what the cut should be. It was just stupid. It was just pure ignorance. And then V2, first thing I sat down and worked out was like, what, what actually, why are we doing this? What's the reason it exists? And the one thing was that, that humour. Like, menswear is still, it's dead serious. It's getting less so, because I just think, what memes and Instagram, everything everyone's doing. But the company value was, everyone who came to the shop was so serious all the time. It was yeah. like the beard hair phase, wasn't it? Scraped back hair, big beard. The mambo. Mm. Red wings. Red wings. Red wings. That's Shortage. it. Yeah, and those guys were dead serious. Like, we were all somehow part of that in some way. And I was like, all oh, my mates have a great time. Can't yeah. we just inject that sense of fun into everything we do? It's just lads wearing clothes. Yeah, like, exactly. Rather than it being this whole pissing contest of, like, exactly, who can man. take it the most seriously. And that's what, you know, actually, I listened to, you know, the Glenn, Glenn Kitson one? Yes. Like, what he's talking about, about the menswear back then, about, you know, that's so intrinsic to the DNA, just wearing what you like. Everyone had their brands, just trying to enjoy it. That's why you do it, because yeah. you love it. Not because you're overall holier than thou about what it is. Then what brands were you wearing at that time then? Or like what were the what were the ones that made you go, okay, well, I'm gonna start my own brand as well? Like what, what mm. would we catch you most? I know Man. now it's now you're gonna be like I wear Percival exclusively. But like, what were you wearing then? Yeah. And who um, were your peers? Junior Watanabe yeah. back then. Because a lot, because the first thing that got me into fashion was Comme de Garçon. And then I was gone back and looked. Was at, it the uh, the heart converse? Yeah, the player. <laughs> uh, that, you know that Lumps and Bumps collection, the one that really got them going oh, yeah. back in the 90s? Like, yeah. Because I'd just gone back and started researching some just old, older sort of points of reference. And then that brought me all the way through to Junior Watanabe. And then I'd seen his collection somewhere, just some like, you know when there was actually a man, Fashion Week. I don't know if that does that even exist now. No, they've now merged. Merged oh, back again. This still ends. January. Kind of. It's just a bit. Get, get your winter clothes ready, mate. We're taking this podcast on tour in January. Let's go. Can't wait. Junior always had. They were the first one. Not the first ones, but they were the one who would always like cast models that weren't like models. Mm-hmm. They'd like yeah. have older guys. Guy was great. Just hair. But they. Are, the thing is, like, Junior's like my favorite brand of all time. Yeah. But when I saw that some of those collections, I was like, oh, I get why people have models because these clothes don't fit these guys properly. <laughs> like <they're>, <laughs> their bellies would be slightly out. Yeah, yeah. Be, the buttons would be like you know opening and stuff like that and I was like oh I get why they have skinny it. models on the, on yeah, the runway yeah, yeah. now <laughs> you get that Seinfeld problem what the kith one mm. it's really bad what did you think of it I Awful. thought that when they got Steve Buscemi Buscemi Steve Buscemi 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 for that they did a lookbook previous to that That I thought that looked great because he's thin and wiry it f- hangs off him mm. and you like because we were talking about at some point like oh what if we got Sean Bean yeah like, that'd be great but then you actually think actually I'm just dressing sort of a portly older gentleman whereby are the clothes going to hang well and I think when you got that, that lookbook with Steve Buscemi? Buscemi. Buscemi. Why am I saying Buscemi? No idea. Hung off him really well. I think we've, we're talking about this in the studio with Jerry Seinfeld. It's like, firstly, I just don't think he's never dressing like that. Exactly. So it doesn't look like it's natural on his body. 
It's the trainers. Yes, yeah. You needed a couple of elements that were what he would just usually wear. Yeah. There was potential in it, but the execution was like enough. No, I think it's the worst. I, I really okay, don't great. like it. Thank God for that. No, I really don't like it. It just feels like <laughs> it's... Per it personally insulted me. <laughs> I feel like it's so deliberate. I, I hate... So I think we spoke about this maybe last week, or we, maybe sp oh, we spoke about it uh, a couple of weeks ago, but it was yesterday that we actually recorded it, yeah. about stunt casting. Oh, oh yeah. And that's like, that is stunt casting. Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like there's a reason for it. Like, we're talking about Paris Hilton walking Versace. Yep. It's like, it's stunt casting, but it makes <clears> sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've got the heritage aspect. They're harking back to that era. Yeah. She was just... Whereas, like, that was just like, he doesn't care about this stuff. You know, when there's like, you'll, they'll put someone in a lookbook and you're like, oh, but they actually care about the clothes. Yeah. Like, if they were doing like Robin Williams if he was alive, like, you know, the fact that he was like, is he, he's wearing Izzy yeah. and Babes, like, it would make sense. Yeah. This is like, oh, who's Jerry the biggest person? Jerry's never wearing he's Tiff not, in the first place, I don't no, think. No, he's not, he doesn't care. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. Yeah. It just, he, he just didn't look like comfortable as well. Yeah. It just. He's still got to be a good model. Exactly, you still yeah. Still got to stand well and not look like you've just been placed there and paid a bunch of dosh to do so. I think half it went to charity though, didn't it? Pretty sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. Okay. The payment was done. I've not seen any receipts, so I don't care. Exactly. Anyway. So Junior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, right. Yeah. So, like, it's, it's always this thing. What, what do you like and what can you actually buy? What am I buying? Fucking American Apparel hoodies because they're down the road and they're cost effective. And my, my mate worked there and gave me a massive discount. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, or I, I wasn't making any money because I wasn't paying myself for doing that, that shop. And I was doing freelance marketing, which was a good day rate, but I'd only do it. As you know, the day rate's all right, but I'd only do it like for a week and then take three weeks off. Yeah. So I constantly had no money. So I was just getting clothes where I could, when and how I could. Is that where you envision personal being like a sun spell kind of like within the, that sort of realm? Back then, probably. Yeah. So back then, it was still, I was sort of nodding to that. And I think that's when streetwear was like streetwear druids that were in like black long line t shirts. Oh, yeah. So streetwear druid and then heritage menswear were like. Streetwear druid, I've not heard that. I like, that. Like, the, I like that. No, no, that's good. Makes sense. Yeah. The, the druids were like kicking about a bit. And then the, the heritage menswear guys, that's when Terry was in the Sartorial Seven. Oh. Do you know the Sartorial Seven? I know Richard's in it. Was he? No, Richard Beadle wasn't part of it. It was like Crystal uh, Green. No, I don't think Beads was in it. No, oh. he wasn't. He really, it was... yeah, you had Chris Benz, Nigel Rende. Yeah. At the time, it was, you know, you're like, oh, cool. Yeah. And now you're like, oh, fuck, that was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> but, this, is, this is Tumblr era, though. Yeah, yeah. This yeah. is like the first men's influence. And yeah. yeah. Um, what was the trade show? A jacket? Jacket required. Jacket required, yeah. yeah. they rolling them out. Yeah. And like, they'd all like roll up in suits. All too um, tight, all dead tight, three piece dead tight. <laughs> and then, you know, go to pity and like, yeah, yeah, just yeah. sit around. The Looking cool. Just waiting to get street styled. It was, yeah. uh, it was, street styled, it was yeah. very, very. <laughs> oh, wow. And the members would come kind of change a bit like yeah. you had a few core and then they just draft a couple Phil Green yes so that was, yeah Phil Green that was a little Chris Green yeah. Phil bring Green. it back Phil Green Chris Benz Nigel Wende Terry Terry's got uh, especially like in that era he definitely has a bit of a Lawrence Schlossman about him doesn't he <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what when we, we so we went to New York just on a little exploration trip must have been a month ago and we met throwing fits lads sorry cut that out I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to we're, we're going to bring it up don't worry we're oh, going to bring it okay, up okay fine but they uh, ever since Terry's come back I think he's in love he's, he's exclusively like shirt like stripy shirt <laughs> no sock loafer he's like yeah them guys yeah yeah bit of inspiration <laughs> if we were to create Sartorial 7 now who would you say be in it. I'd say Hugh, maybe. Hugh, I think Hugh. Who's Hugh? Hugh Lawton Hugh Scott. Lawton Scott. He works at the first. No, no, oh, he's the model. He's the yeah, model. Yeah. He's the model. I have uh, a couple of mates who are, who are if, if Hugh listens to this, I'm sorry. He's got, I'm going to, a couple of people who are really posh, like old money posh. <laughs> they say he is posh. <laughs> oh, wow, okay. It's layer cake of posh. <laughs> Love him, though. 
So yeah, myself, I'm throwing myself in there. I, I think that's fair. It's yeah, your I'm podcast. You can do what you want. Yeah. Hugh. Yeah. Beat. No, he's too old. We're going for the young. We're going for oh, the... you want to go young? I think so. But do you not feel like you need some for Gen Z? You need some for those crusty millennials like me. <laughs> Beads. No, but you, you know where if the money's at. If Beads make it into the first one, he can come and join oh, us. Okay. It's, a, it's a pity one. <laughs> Richard Beadle's allowed him because <laughs> you feel bad for him. Put him for pity and pity. I feel like he's, he'll be, he's all right. Callum Mullin. I was Mullen, Callum. Nice big oversized Gucci suits. Callum would be sick. Mm-hmm. And that's it. I think, no, but no, I feel Tora. I, I Tora. Try. Yeah, Tora would be fucking This is sick. it. We're Gen Z now. Not yeah. me. Not you. Yeah. Not you. Mm, you. Uh, <laughs> we need to, you know, get some women involved. Yeah, Tora's fantastic. Yeah, Tora's I think that's sick. totally fair. I try and actually get Nigel back. I he works at Double RL now. Do I know Nigel? Nigel Ruwende. You might have met him once. Maybe. Lovely guy. Does his little, does this Lena's farm. And does Saint and Birchley. Really yes, small brand right. called Saint, Saint and Birchley, yeah. which is like, Nigel's like, was one of the first fashion influencers in London really probably like yeah. and this is when to be an influencer you needed 5,000 followers yeah <laughs> and no, genuinely and, and I'm remember... friends with Oliver Spencer <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that era and you know it's a very early Instagram it was Tumblr and that's what it, honestly that's what it meant to be an influencer you didn't need mm. like now everyone's got 5,000 followers mm. like it's it was totally different then because he'd get photographed put on all these street style blogs yeah he was just like the nicest guy but then he started his own brand he's been doing it for like eight nine ten years um yeah. it's called saint saint and birchley so you know it's something that people should check out and like help him grow that as he well crafted like this really amazing shoe spent ages like working on it's kind of like a vulcanized shoe with a custom rubber tip on the front and yeah it's really nice smart or trainer it's kind of like a it's kind of like a cup sole style shoe like a vans almost but imagine premium it's oh, like right. a slip-on. Nice, yeah. It's really cool. And then I think his grand has a farm. Yeah, just a great guy. So sick. I reckon he's in the seven. <laughs> Take him. The seven. And we're only up to five. I mean, oh, man. Yeah. And Next we'll, one's... We'll, we'll get Lola because someone needs to do the TikToks. That is true. And you need someone who's young and relevant. Exactly, because yeah. I am not that anymore. Either of those things. Off topic, mm. the Tesco story. You said to me outside, you were excited to tell this story. Oh, and you're yeah. like, wait, I'm going to hold this for the podcast. Mm. Oh, I'm banned from Tesco's, or Gucci, Tesco's. And it actually might have been a Sainsbury, I don't know what. <laughs> but this is exactly the era before we, I liquidated the store, I didn't know what I was doing, only working a little bit, so I didn't have any money, wasn't making rent. And I remember working on Charlotte Street at a marketing agency there. And I'd gone in and I did a morning of work and I was like working on boots or something, doing some sort of rebrand for the boots icons because they were doing a new site, boring. And I had no money and had no lunch. So I went to the Tesco's or the Sainsbury's on Gooch Street and I stole a bag of nuts, mixed nuts. You know, I've got my nuts out, I'm a right nut. Bear Grylls style, Urban Bear Grylls, because I was like, if I nick some nuts, that's got the protein in it, like it's going to keep me. So yeah. if, I'm gonna, if you're going to nick any food from a store, what are you nicking if you're trying to survive? Obviously nuts. It's got to be. Yeah, I, got me nuts. I mean, it definitely wouldn't be. Maybe nuts, so I went for nuts. I like, I've never stolen, well, I stole stuff as a kid, you know, everyone does that. I stole like a little bag of sweets or something. Hearts. Really? Yeah. All right, let's get into that after that, because maybe you've got some trade craft that could have been useful for me. I was really in a Mateva. I was like, a lot of anxiety, pretty depressed from what I was doing. Didn't know why I was doing it. All these legal things. I'm like, what is going on? What I've started this. Napoleon's hating on me. <laughs> and I, I just grabbed these nuts, sort of snitched them. And I was thinking, and I, th- I probably did it so stereotypical guy stealing a bag of nuts, which is <laughs> this. Look left, look right, look up. Try and look shifty. But like, and I just walked out and this guy, the security guard just went, Oi, I saw you steal those nuts. 
And I turned around. <laughs> but you said it really loudly, so I'm gonna fucking hear. And I turned around, and then a car, a bigger van pulled up because there's traffic lights. I don't know if you know onto Tottenham Court Road. Yeah. And I thought a frisbee them behind me, <laughs> and they scooted along the road and stopped neatly underneath this lorry. And I was like, too easy. And I put my hands up as if to say. Search me, mate. I ain't got your nuts. <laughs> and then this woman behind me went, I saw him throw them under the van. And I was like, <laughs> I was like and, I was, and I thought, oh, I'm just going to book it. I love running. So I thought, I'm going to fucking book it out. I'll just run back to the agency. Because also the agency was a tap in to get in the door. Yeah. And by the way, I was like, if anyone from the agency is actually getting a lunch right now and sees this, I'm in fucking huge trouble. Yeah. So I was literally panicking. I, I've never been arrested. I've <sighs> never like had a chat with a policeman. So I thought, right, then now's not the time to start. And I turned to run and I honestly, to go turn around 180 one step and went bang straight into a policeman <laughs> who just happened to be walking there <laughs> and the policeman sort of looked at me and grabbed me and the woman just went he stole some nuts from him on a van and the security guy went yeah he stole those nuts bring him in and I was like brilliant this is like, like the definition of red handed how old were you? this is like 2018 so I was, <laughs> I was like 25 <laughs> And they dragged me in and took me down. I was, I, and I was thinking, where do they actually take these shops? And they just took me out the back to like the frozen section. And I didn't do it on purpose because you get a bit cold. <laughs> take them to the meat section. <laughs> and he took me out and he was like, It's like the B Tech Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> <laughs> and he was like, um, Right. And he actually, you know, out of all of it, he was like, You don't look like the kind of person to be nicking nuts. And I said, Well, what does a person who looks like nuts look like? And the, the policeman went, Now's not the time for that. And I was, like, I was like, You're quite right. And I just thought, oh, I'm going to come. This is no. I said, Listen, I got no money. I went around the corner. I nicked some nuts. I'm really sorry. This and is all very partridge. I know. I stole the mix in a mixed roasted. And he was like, They both just didn't know what to do. I think they're used to resistance. They just went, Oh, just your band. Just go, your band. And I was like, All right, thanks. Can I have me nuts? And actually, I, I walked past six months later and peeked my head in. They got pictures on the side, the security guard, who's banned from this store. Yeah. And I was in there, security, like little sort of CCTV of me, like a, a screenshot. Yeah. Looking shifty. Uh, just, just looking. Well, I guess I must have been. Or looking absolutely gutted. Fuck's sake. Yeah. So, brand, you know, you said, you said no one was buying it. That's a lie. I had some Percival from back in the day, from V1. I had this uh, jacket. It was like a flight jacket. It was brown. There was waxed panels here, yeah. shearling lined. Yeah, it, was it was beautiful. Nice. And that leads nicely into this next question. What's the worst item you've owned? In my life. Or the worst trend you've been part of? Oh, I don't know if that was the question. I was like... Yeah, yeah. I grew up in like Winchester and Southampton. So you've got a coast there, you're on the coast. And there was a phase when I was about 15, 16, where everyone just started getting into surfing. Now, there's no waves there. Yeah, Southampton's not really known for its no, surf. No, no surfing, but everyone's up buying Billabong and Quicksilver. Yeah. Just buying, having bleach tips, wearing Billabong t-shirt and Airwalks. Oh, Airwalks. Um, now, Airwalks, you probably take... And cargo knee, like, yeah, like cut. There were like light blue baggy jeans that I got my mum to cut off around the sort of below the too low below the knee, yeah. And so, like, ankle swing, a sort of like what do you call them? Pedal pushers, <laughs> <laughs> a billabong t shirt, and yeah, frosted tips, frosted tips, which is probably actually what everyone's now wearing. That, you're not actually wrong, you stick on a pair of Oakley sunglasses, <laughs> yeah. and that is wait, why look at you? Sorry, but I looked at you, but you do wear the Oakley sunglasses. Um, <laughs> Everyone, frosted tips, yeah. yeah frosted, but everyone would bring like surf magazines to school and be like, no, argue over. That's no, that's a better way. That's a, like, no one knew. No this one is so you, Matt. <laughs> this is very bad, bro. <laughs> but then it was um, uh, a pro snake border. Snake. Oh, well, they're those two wheel. Yeah, I mean, strap your feet in and got you pivot around. Yeah. Yeah, I 
was I was UK champion in the year 2000. Sponsored, didn't it? Really? <laughs> yeah, mate. The what video, the fuck? <laughs> you can find the video. And actually, it's the most uncool thing on the planet, I thought, until I had, it was a few years ago, I happened to end up being in Dishoom with Lev of Palace fame. He probably doesn't remember me at all. But we just came up and he was like, oh, what, show me the video. And I showed him and he went, that's pretty cool, that. And I was like, right, fine. <laughs> now it's cool. The, the founder of Palace says <laughs> it's cool. If the founder cool. of Palace says that my snakeboarding video is all right, then that's fine. I can, I can I, now I, get dying people. Look, I really like Palace and I think they do some great stuff. I'm going to disagree with him on that. <laughs> Everyone reminds me that it's the un most uncool thing on the planet. Don't worry. So I've got to cling to the one compliment I've ever got. Yeah, wow. Okay, so frosted tips and then that. Yeah, but the t-shirts were always too tight. So you wore a really small t-shirt on top and a really baggy, really baggy long trousers. Did you have a double layer shirt as well? Yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Nice, yeah. Double layer. So you had a little bit of t-shirt sticking out or you had a long sleeve underneath, a short yeah. sleeve. And then that became uncool when BHS, RIP, British Home Stores. <laughs> yep. Used to sell long sleeves sewn in. Oh yeah. Of your short sleeve on top. It's very, uh, it's very Balenciaga to have it that sewed in. Yeah, yeah. They've got because they do the they do the joggers with the uh, boxers yeah. sewn in. Mm, Fubu yeah. did that as well. So you know maybe BHS were just ahead of their time. Demner was cutting his teeth at BHS. <laughs> yeah, my fave T-shirt was a No Fear T-shirt that said "Been there, wrecked that." Oh. <laughs> Guys, I'm not gonna lie to you. I think we need to move away from this subject. It's, um, it's, 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 it's bumming me out, but it's actually making Matt a bit too nostalgic. Yeah. So, if, Matt, are you crying? <laughs> so many people will have done that and remembered that yeah. era. And it's all, it was just so bad in hindsight, of course. No, no pucker shell necklaces, though. No, I did have um, I did have wooden bead, of course. Let's finish the podcast now. <laughs> so V2. Let's yeah. move to V2. Where we're at now. We've got some big stuff. We've got some big collabs. Yeah. Campari at the moment. Champion. Have you ever thought about doing a collab with a fashion podcast? Maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've got some good collabs coming up. Got one with a fashion podcast who we spoke to earlier uh, in the year is it is it us it's throwing fits i love throwing fits i love the boys oh, okay no no that's cool so there's a collab coming out i'll be honest we're trying to grow audience in new york in america and what with the economic climate we're seeing like our u.s followers grow massively compared to our uk so our mix is now 30 <clears> percent. <throat> excuse me dl i've got a stolen nut in my throat <laughs> <laughs> um and so that u.s mix has increased rapidly it comes with a lot of like cash and logistical challenges with shipping and everything but we thought let's go for it and uh so we tried to do where we're doing a localized collab with them but it's just two football shirts for the world cup that's cool. sick so, so it's interesting that is cool that champion collab mm. you wanted to use models who do fashion podcasts for that as well oh i see where you go with this um, <laughs> i'm just wondering why you keep doing these things with these fashion podcasts yeah and maybe my phone's not working it's on flight mode i don't know like we haven't had the call yet uh. We are the number one fashion and beauty podcast in the UK as well. Well, to also, be honest, are, you, are, you, are we not good looking enough? Is that what you're trying to say? No, I think maybe you see too expensive again. That's it. I mean, we're cheap. <laughs> uh, <laughs> any other brands that are listening? We're to cheap. be honest, we would love to collab with you guys. Right, we've got it. On record. You are rolling, aren't you, Matt? Sick, <laughs> nice. Of course, we would. <laughs> Lock the I mean, door. The, the thing is, the get the crack pipe out. <laughs> <laughs> Don't stab me with it. Uh, yeah, it's just trying to grow that US side of things. And by growing here, it was over lockdown, where everyone was like, shit, pivot to online. And we were like, haha, what did I know? And we were online, grew then. And the Instagram advertising was dead cheap yeah. over COVID. And so that's how we really grow our UK audience. And now the, the customer acquisition costs really high and the CPC is really high. So you have to, our new strategy with channel mix is how do you get referrals online? Okay, online is like a world, a shop for the rest of the world, but you still got to get people to walk past it. And so, you know, part of our US strategy is just to collaborate with localized 
people over there. That's cool. Those guys are just rad. Get along with them really well. Love them. And so, yeah, it's part of our strategy. But then I'm just genuinely worried about the economy. And so, yeah, it's now like we've actually pulled back. Like we're going to have a shop in New York. It was going to be supported massively with a store there. And we're just battening down the hatches for a minute just to see what happens. Is this pop-up or a permanent store? It was going to be a pop-up with a view for it to be permanent. Sick. So we looked at a place in Nalita. Nice. Oh. Yeah. Well, there's also a big gap in the market in Driffield. I don't know if you've heard of it. <laughs> so Campari, that's really cool. That's like yeah. lots of knitwear. Very Champion sick. is what, embroidered embroidery over sweats yeah, yeah, what so, else, so what else is there coming up what we've got coming up Harry Lambert yeah yeah well done I've, I had a mind blank then and <laughs> he's been brought up on the podcast, podcast before but who is Harry Lambert Harry Lambert is a stylist he's fantastic he's I'd say most known for being Harry Styles a stylist I'd say that's exactly mm. what he's most known for but he's who else is he doing at the moment There's Dominic Calvert-Lewin is he yeah he keeps putting DCO in skirts DCO Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. Because everyone's like, why is DCL wearing a beaded necklace? Like, ah. <laughs> why is he wearing Billabong? <laughs> <laughs> so I found an old picture of Chris Gove. <laughs> like the Y2K UK snakeboard finals. <laughs> you know, one day you're going to find yourself on a mood board somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Like, hidden in white, I post you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like 100%. That's right. See reverse. Yeah, Harry Lambert, that's a good one. He's... So what will that entail? Like, what, what does that consist of? Mate, he is amazing. He's a bit of a genius as well, because he doesn't ever strategize, I feel like, in a long-term way. He turns up like we've we had a bunch of meetings with him not only is he the nicest guy on the planet he just goes i think it should be like that and you're like oh you're right it takes me like weeks to get to that place <laughs> and like he, he does he has all these references that he likes he's really good at like collecting ephemera vintage retro and new and high-end he has just all of it in his brain bank and he's so i think he's so good because he can just visualize the final thing yeah you're probably quite good at this i don't know when you're trying to think of a look and you put it on you're like quite right in my yeah. mind that was better than how it was and then i have to craft it on the body or on the model he just goes yeah it should be like that and then he does it and you're like oh yeah you're right and he does it with design as well so he had all these knitwear references and things like that and he was like i think it should be a bit like that and i came back with all my designs based on all of his inspiration he was like yeah yeah, yeah. but it should definitely be these colors these colors and these colors and i was like oh, i don't know but i'll do it anyway yeah the samples came back obviously they're perfect Sick. And so he's just got a great vision. It sort of marries his world, if you imagine sort of a Gucci-esque, a retro-inspired aesthetic. Yeah. And then Percival, which is like more wearable. It's got to be t commercial to a degree because I want like you, 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 me, her. I want that to have a touch point on everyone. That's yeah. what I do try and do. You can be exclusive all, all the time, but you know, I'm trying to grow the brand. I want to be massive. That's the thing. Yeah. Is he going to put Harry in it? That's the main question. Well, I mean, Harry's got all, I don't know. I can only hope. I mean, I'd be lying if I said. You, you didn't hope. Yeah. Of course I hope. I hope he's <laughs> But the thing is, he, he's got he's got interest in it and I think he really likes the designs so I think he's going to splash it around sick and I've always wondered this as well so obviously Percival has been on the backs of some of the world's biggest stars yeah can we get let's, can we get a little list of name drops please roll call yeah name drop Rock Chris Evans one of the Jonas brothers Tom Holland Tom Holland like basically Jarrah everyone, Southgate Southgate everyone Daniel in the Craig. MCU Danny C no I don't have we got Daniel Craig you made uh, trousers for Bond oh yeah we did <laughs> We researched. We actually researched we did. it. And do you know what? It was so long ago because that film was massively delayed, wasn't it? Yeah. And so when we made them, like two years had passed. But it wasn't for Daniel Craig. It was for Ben Whishaw. It was for Q. I prefer Ben Whishaw anyway, so it's yeah, fine. Yeah, I hear you on that, man. But I always, I always wondered, when you get celebrities wearing your clothes, yeah. do you know this is going to happen? No. Do you get a text from Stars PRs or does your phone just blow just up with people sending up. them? Chris Evans at the premiere of Buzz Lightyear, which is a good film to be fair because my daughter's four and we watched it together. My phone was just popping off and I was like, and sales, ding, 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 Shopify. I've still got the notification for better or for worse. 
And he's just, and I was like, what the hell? Why are we selling this random knit that I made? Yeah. It was actually based on one of my daughter's was, paintings. Yeah, I was going to say. So I, I just sort of do this thing when I've got a design and I've got to look after her. You've got to multitask. And so I have like lots of printouts of shapes of clothes. And I go, you colour them in and I'll colour some in. And I'm really just trying to work out like jack eye patterns and colour blocking and stuff. And she just was slapping paint. And I was like, hold on a minute. <laughs> <laughs> that might be like Chris Evans would work. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, but it wasn't selling particularly Come well. Come on, love. Can you design, yeah. design a shirt for Captain, Captain America. America. <laughs> she went, I got it, daddy. <laughs> is she like, I know nothing about children. Um, is she like cognitive enough to know that like, oh, because Marvel, is she too young to know what like, to watch Marvel? Well, I showed her, um, what did I show her? Uh, Infinity War. Out of context. And she was like, I made that shirt. No, she didn't get it. Oh. She doesn't know what I do. <laughs> Makes nuts. She, she, she says steals nuts and comes in clothes. She comes into the studio and she steals biscuits sometimes when she's got a weird day off school or whatever. And she just thinks they're my friends. She goes, <laughs> she, she goes to me. Are you going to that place with all your friends? She calls it my studio now. Go to the studio with all your friends. I'm like, they're not my bunny friends. <laughs> yeah, they're, actually <laughs> my, they're my employees. Um, you're I'm actually a boss. straddle a really cool, uh, cool contemporary fine line between mates and work colleagues. Actually, <laughs> Dad, do you always have to pay for your friends? <laughs> <laughs> the answer is yes. So Chris Evans is wearing paint splattered top I know it's not paint splattered yeah. inspired by that it's, it's a yeah it's, it's a knit jacket he just what he bought it or his stylist had got it for him or? stylist yeah so we got a good connect with uh, Ilaria who's a stylist she styles some stars in LA and she had just got a couple of our bits I think for Tom Holland maybe but she put on the rock first but she still has to come with to them with a rail of stuff basically yeah she styles them but they all you know they have an opinion and they're like do do not like do like and the rock chose something he wore just like a knit and he obviously busting out of it what like. size so obviously it's going to be a triple XL that he's just stretched out. We need to know what size is he triple XL? Well, it's a we go up to double XL, so it would have been, must it must have been a double XL. Fucking hell! Yeah. And he's, he's like, but knits are kind of stretchy, aren't they? So yeah, he's like, <laughs> like the way you look at Danny is if he's got any muscles and <laughs> stretching it out. <laughs> <laughs> You bastard! <laughs> oh, so, and so, so she she does yeah. the MCU guys as well. Yeah, so she does quite a few, and she just managed to. She did one, and then it kind of. They are choosing it though to a degree. She's styling it, and they're going, "Yeah, okay, I like it." Ryan Reynolds as well. That's another one. Sick. So it seems to be all the knitwear that I don't know. It's having a moment. So like now, if you look in the Percival tagged, there's no longer like London fashion people or people who are like doing a drip or here's my thing. Or, I'm not talking like hashtag JQ. I'm just like people are just like this is my vibe. And now you're seeing like people from like Nebraska who are wearing like weird trousers and then that knit uh, and, I, and I had never thought that menswear could be like that you're a menswear influencer yeah but I still thought it was different to women's wear women's like Chungie's good mate of mine and she'd wear something and people are paying her for all this stuff like, like barb or whatever she can do it and it will sell like that <clears> business model is duh, duh, duh. but with men's I sort of thought unless you've got like insert Beckham insert Harry Styles yeah beyond that I but was Beckham's like Beckham's worn it as well yeah you've worn it yeah for an eyewear campaign yeah again did the research <laughs> and I'm surprised that you let him say that uh, Lexi Chungsi is best mate about you begging for her number. Moving on. <laughs> so the other the other day we were having a pint in the oh, pub. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> He's going to say chase down the street. He it was chased, not that. He chased Alexa Chung down the street <laughs> shouting her name. Alexa, Alexa, Alexa. She turned around and like, because he was just talking, she just assumed that she had met him. So she's like, you know when you're like, she was slowly backing off as she was talking to him. <laughs> <laughs> this is not true. <laughs> this is a lot of hyperbole. Matt Brown, does it sound like a true thing? Lola, what does was? it sound like it is a true thing? Fuck off. Oh. <laughs> 
Well, so, I thought you would know her. Like, the, we went to college together when we yeah. were 16. She moved to London, and I moved to London because she was like, listen, there's lots of good stuff. You'll be good here. And she and she was like my gateway drug to London. Nice. But she, yeah, she's at the very beginning helped out loads. But, mate, do you, do you want a number, bro? I'd love to go for a pint with her. That's he, all it is. He, great. So, obviously, Jack Guinness is good friends of her. Yeah. And Jack's uh, been on the podcast. It, okay, yeah. Course, and it yeah. got brought up a lot then. All right, yeah, yeah. But it's like, right, so clarify that story. I hope this don't fucking go in. It's going in. Josh is just staying in the podcast. For fuck's sake. And you can keep that so, point. We were else we come back from a show, Reba the Fabian show. Uh, we went for a pint of blue posts. And Alexa Chung will pass. Right. And so, she was past you. She so wasn't in line with you, was she? She was past you. No, hold on. So the Alexa Ch- <laughs> So I used to watch Dan Freshly Squeezed. Angry here. Yeah, yeah. Not angry, I'm rowled. Freshly um, squeezed with and, and who was on that? Chungy and Rick? There was Rick, there was like Jamila Jamil, there was Simon Amstel. She's doing alright. Yeah. In the bloody MCU. Yeah, like when's she gonna be in Percival? Watch Freshly Squeezed. <laughs> And then with Alexa, obviously you fancy her, she's pretty. And there's a few girls in our school who used to like idolise Alexa and Alex Turner and that lot, obviously when that was happening. Yeah. And then... So you thought you'd join them? What an era that was, eh? I know. And then growing up, whatever, she's just like at similar events and she does whatever. And now obviously she's friends with Jack. I'm just like, Fuck, I actually, obviously, I've always fancied her. But it's become this whole weird thing no, where it's so like... So you were going to justify the fact that you chased her down, you chased a poor so single woman in the dark Jesus down the street. Christ. Single, she's got a new boyfriend now, lovely. I meant single as in she was alone at the moment. Oh, okay, okay, right. This can't go in, this is actually awful. Uh, that, all, but no, all the stuff I said going in. <laughs> what actually happened was, so I saw I was like, fuck, and I kind of had this weird like, oh shit, that's like chilling, like, yeah, yeah. whatever. And then George like nudges me on the leg and I'm like, oh no, I saw. And he's like, looked at me, I was like, I just said to myself, Oh, Alexa, I've been with Jack the night before. Jack had been up at our house to like four. Yeah, that's a something. good connect. That's not like six exactly. degrees of separation. That's so like I was just kind of like, I'm sure we'll end up going for a pint at some point. So I was yeah. like, oh, fuck it. I'll just be like, hey, how's it going? Like, what are you thinking? She's on the way to the. That's the um, You and Alexa. Alexa! No, she saw me first time for Alexa! Foxy. I was stuck in the exact same fucking Alexa! spot. I was in the exact same spot. <laughs> Everyone's out there switching on. No, no, look. Okay, I'm going to give you this, right? I'm digging myself an yeah, earlier. Listen, was she in line with you? Was she in front of you when you called her? Or had she past she's, you no she's actually she'd walk past before. you no she'd walk past you because I was she'd walk past me so Danny you chased this poor woman down oh the street oh my fucking god so Alexa good friend yeah. she's not wearing it though no no so yeah the way that she moves clothes you didn't realise that was a yeah, possible so, in the me- yeah, with men that business model works especially now but then Chris Evans is that the biggest one yeah I, th- I thought The Rock was like the final boss of gifting but turns out it's Chris Evans people just want to be him it's odd like Captain Marvel's alright mm. but we, we did Captain like America. Captain America sorry God. You get the MCU nerds after you. Oh, mate, don't at me. And Andrew's coming for you. <laughs> I do love the MCU. We have some questions just like lined up forever. And with Chris Evans, we had a question where we were like, what celebrity has driven the most sales? Mm. But then we saw it. Apparently with Chris Evans, it sold out instantly. And then you had how many notifications to get? Yeah, yeah so we had this thing called a back in stock notification. You sign up for something sold out. Simple, like a good conversion tactic. We had like 350 people sign up after the first week to, for when it drops again. Yeah. Was there a plan to do that? Like there to redrop it anyway? So we, yeah, so they had delayed the shipment for some reason. I think they were still doing those lockdowns in China. And so we managed to get half of the stock out by air and the shipped stock by sea always takes twice as long. Mm. So we'd only drop half of it. And so luckily we had another, I think 100 coming in and a week later they came in and then they sold out in two days. Oof. We never sold out anything that quick. Do you still stock it? Yeah, we, I think they've brought it in and we had two other colorways better or for worse and then they all sold Sick. and then we now brought it back as like a constant style because yeah. the thing about those backlinks on all those websites like GQ so many people ran a story on it 
Because I think you're like the shirt's quite loud. Like you know, when you yeah. see it, you're like, okay, yeah. You can see, you can imagine the guy who wears that. Like yeah. for me, it's just worn open in the summer, probably. But a lot of those guys like the button-up, tuck-in, loafer, no sock look, which can either go like nightmare city guy or can go like rich LA guy. Yeah, yeah. And that rich LA guy look is the look with some sunglasses, and then like that's what everyone was like. I can be that. And that's, it's just sold and sold and sold and sold. And, and sold. I think it's perfect because it kind of encapsulates Percival where it's like cool and relaxed, not taking yourself too seriously, but it's Larry but easy to wear. Yeah, that's And I think it, it appealed yeah. to everyone. And I think that is obviously a great gateway to having something like that. Like, did you see your other sales going nuts after that where? A little bit. Because some people are like, go direct to that product, buy that, need to be him, buy it. And other people explore and find the brand that way. So you get a lot yeah. of followers that way. But they all, it's all different demos. And it depends what you want to go for. Because early on, like when we got the investment 2018 or whatever, it was they were they're very like driving home what do you want to be what are you trying to do like you can't just say i want to be like ymc or yeah. oliver spencer or amelie Andor. like i can't you can't just pick someone and be like their scale you have to like what's your wider vision or the purpose for doing it and mine was just like using humor as a gateway to get people to dress better or that's it and and it define better or define aspirational but yeah. sure we have our own thing of what we think that is and but that always is like commercial and then two ticks over into conceptual so first you take a classic silhouette and it's what subverting the classes is about take something classic and then how do you make it a little bit interesting is it the fabrication the pattern the choice of whatever and so that's what seems to be resonating and but, is that is that the brand ethos now about like yeah. subverting classics yeah, yeah yeah that's what that's what drives both content and design so who would be your dream person to see in Percival? I don't actually know anymore. In fact, we'll go two ways. We'll go top celebrity, mm. or we'd go describe a person. Like, who would be the idol? <laughs> They'd have but, two eyes, two legs. No, I mean, though, like, what would be, like, the lifestyle that you could see the ideal personal customer wearing? Yeah, I think we go through this stuff a lot. It's hard, though, because I feel like when we were younger, you could go, like, goth. Yes. Da-da, da-da, and split them up into little buckets, whereas now, the demo is so nebulous. Like, mm. we are kind of all the same demo, but we all dress completely differently. And that's what's great about now, like, streetwear, what I was saying before, streetwear not streetwear anymore no it's just like you can wear a bit of streetwear so can i and it's not like you get guys who will just wear like represent yeah but and yeah okay yeah nightmare but cut it in yeah and so, so i think like i just want that person who was wearing it to be more aspirational about what they're wearing like a lot of our customer originally would say oh i've only only wear navy but they take a punt on like rust or forest <laughs> and it's like for Pushing me and you out. and for us lot that's like like easy like i love yeah. wearing mustard yeah for, as an example as a color like an accent color in the winter not physically wearing mustard yeah i just roll in coleman's <laughs> 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 it really stings in certain areas. um but yeah I, I like that question though Danny. like who then who hmm. is you thought the rock was it but who do you want to see in Percival? I thought The Rock was... Listen, The Rock's The Rock. I mean, who cares about that? Is he even, does he go by The Rock still? Or is, uh, is he now Dwayne Johnson? Dwayne. I don't no know. Idea. Dwayne Johnson The Rock. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, actually. There you go. Dwayne there The Rock go. Johnson. To give, to give his full name. Yeah, yeah. So I thought The Rock just because I thought equal sales. It wasn't a kind of an aspirational thing. Because he's so... Like, do muscly people look good in anything? Let's be honest. They've got loads of muscles. Singlets. Yeah. <laughs> your muscles are your clothes. What websites you look at. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so The Rock was just like, would equal sales, like commercial value kind of thing. What I wanted is like the, the people like me in Soho who who worked there for years. So it was like initially created for creators, which is what designers always do. They design for other designers to start with. Yeah. Because... Because the advertiser does it itself. Yeah, because those are the people... Then people want to be them. Yeah. Because people walk around wanting to be the coolest guy. And for me, it was Soho at the time. I spent my first job in London in 2006 was in Soho. And I worked there, had a shop there. So much affinity with Soho. Like, I love it. It's changed so much. And like, even now, I see the agency guy, the marketing person, the music engineer who's working at the studios, they have access to everything. And when they get it right, like when it's a mixture of like vintage, retro, contemporary brands, 
I think that curation is something you do, right? That, that's perfect. Thank and you very much. So when a guy's cutting in Percival, like you never want to see head to toe either, full kick wanker. Yeah. And I that's what, that. like, when you see the Amelion door guy, you're like, firstly, that's cost you three grand, and secondly, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, you need to just buy trousers from Uniqlo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, come on. Yeah. And, and so it's like, cura like aspirational curation of your fit is what yeah. everyone is striving for and putting their own stamp on it, isn't it? Perfect. I think Idris would look really good in it as well. Percival is, it is that kind of bond off duty. Yeah, I think, I think to a lot of people it is that. Yeah. And, and actually if you're, if you're trying to, our wholesale is actually moving in a slightly different direction, but that is the core business because I want to grow the brand massively. Yeah. Like I do want to rival like Arquette. I do want to rival those things, like otherwise why am I doing it? Yeah. I want everyone to be able to do, and you know, we're injecting loads of sustainability things now. Just trying to build a brand right, like you said, do it properly. Yeah, Bond Off Duty was how we kind of got the commercial scale and then the wholesale stuff. Like, we're launching in Liberty in February. Sick. And if it's on time, early March. <laughs> um, and they're giving us a little space down there. And for me, that's like a massive, massive milestone. And those yeah. designs do push it more into a place where I'd actually like them to be rather rather than looking at... Well, I suppose I'm assuming, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume I know where you're going, but that basically sits you alongside YMC our legacy, yeah. like NN07, like those are the brands yeah. in that, that space there. That's the space, yeah. There's a legitimacy in that. And it's so old school thinking, because obviously mm. there's a legitimacy in the brand because it exists and people wear it. So mm. it doesn't need to be legitimized like that. But being in a place like Liberty, legitimize it, but then sitting alongside those brands, I think that's like, you can really go, oh, if I were to go in there and not know the brands, so say I go in there and I know our legacy, I go, oh, well, these brands are like our legacy, even though I don't know who they are. Yeah. And I can then start buying from them as well. Mm. And also a great thing about a store like that is you're not buying full kit wank you go oh I like that our legacy jacket I like those album trousers oh this brand I don't know it. I like this knit yeah I, I totally agree like validation isn't it yeah because you're sitting alongside your peers so we spoke earlier about how like you know you create the website and it was like a D yeah. to C brand which is like a direct to consumer mm -hmm. whereas a lot of brands make themselves by going on a wholesale model so that's when mm -hmm. they sell to other retailers and my understanding was that you guys didn't do that but obviously you said you're doing Liberty is that something you've expanded into then yeah expanded into that so where, where you stop well to be fair I haven't sat down and gone what's the list that you've got because the book's only just closed so we've got Liberty got Brown Thomas yeah in oh, yeah. Ireland in yeah. Ireland yeah and then a couple of small just nice guys but the brief for him was like go get places that you think are good for the brand don't go volume because in a, in like in a cash flow forecast for the year or like you're looking at your P&L like okay what's that what's that what's that wholesale is in marketing it's just marketing it's not a revenue stream it's awareness basically awareness yeah that's it speaking of stores your flagship store in London in Soho yeah Marshall you have a bar in it yeah that's right the Percival Arms is that what, what you call it yeah why nice why? Not, not, not why do you call it? I understand why you call it that. <laughs> why do you have a bar in a shop? To get people drunk so they spend more money? Ah, uh, do you know what? I didn't. I hate going into a menswear store and everyone going, turning to look at you. And you just like leafing through clothes in order to look like you actually are interested. Now, you know, Emily and Dor have done a thing where they got a cafe and charge you £900 for a cup that you wanted to have an Instagram with. <laughs> not when you get free uh, credit. <laughs> By the way, that is an amazing idea that they've nailed. So no shade, that is amazing. No, the bar, it's just like having a store that had a relaxed presence. I mean, a lot of our feedback from customers that came back after actually we opened the store was like, that they view Percival as like, a, it has to be this thing where it's aspirational, you want to buy it, look good, all that, but is a friend. You go there. Like I think what Amelia Dora have done have been the exclusive cool person. Like you're, the, you're chasing them down the street like you're chasing Alexa Chung down the street. Fuck's sake. <laughs> Whereas Percival- No one will get that reference because the other bit didn't make it in. Oh, it's making it in. Per Percival is the, the one you walk back to your group and it's your mate that goes, that's all, all right, mate, we're it. 
And yeah. that's and that's Percival to me. So like that we're they're exclusive, we're inclusive. Nice. And that, and that's kind of the way I look at it. And the bar was part of that ideology. It's like just come and have a beer. I don't even buy anything. Actually, you can get on a Wi-Fi and work at the bar, and then just go. Like it's just that. You know, like I know the brand. Dan obviously knows the brand really well. But like there might be some of our listeners who don't know the brand. Hopefully, they're going to go research it themselves. But we know people are lazy. So what what is the brand? Like what kind of price point is it? And like you know what products is it? What's the ethos? Like give us that elevator pitch almost. Yeah. And we might invest <laughs> into the York, the York yeah. store. Uh, personally, a DTC menswear brand uh, with a tagline, subverted the classic. We take classic cuts of silhouettes and... Subver- You've said this before, haven't you? Yeah, I have, yeah. But it's all right. Subverted through like colour, pattern, style. Trying to get people to dress, both, both people are aspirational dressers and people that want to be and, and use humour as a vehicle to get them to do so. But what is the product? And the product itself uh, consists of all the tiers of outerwear, knit, jersey, shirting, trouser. You can do full kit wanker if you You can, so you can if you want. And it's price pointed. Average order value is about £110. But, you know, some... So, so how much is like a tee? So a tee's 45, but then a piece of outerwear is about anywhere between 200 to 450. So you can you can get like a nice jacket yeah. without paying that stupid like six, seven, eight, nine hundred pounds. That's it, yeah. So, and we deliberately undercut everyone on that for that reason, because with DTC, nice. I'm allowed to. But that, why wouldn't you? What's like the best value item that you've got in there? If you like. Yeah, our best seller ever, and it still is to this day, is a single breasted mid length trench coat that's fully waterproof. Fully? It doesn't have a lining. Yeah. Okay. It's, wet, it's water resistant. Yeah. Shower proof. Sick. Uh, well, yeah, up to, you know, you can walk around for four hours and not get wet. It's what Southgate wore in the final of the Euros that we lost. So Gareth Southgate <laughs> is an ambassador. Nah. How did that come about? You working with him? Basically, I was making some pasta, and it was about eleven at night. And this was my kid was like, so you're teaming with Italy in the finals? What you trying to it's say? Right, yeah. <laughs> Before the Euros had started, it was you know the free friendlies running up to it, and I was just like, it was about really late. We just moved flat, making some pasta. The kid was like being a bit of a nightmare. Was finally sleeping. <laughs> Sif was just sorting out all our bits, like you are sort of now, and got a phone call. He's really a lovely guy, a guy called Paminda, VGC Partners, and he he basically um, knows uh, this guy called Terry Byrne who's Southgate's manager Terry Byrne is best friends with Ray Winston <laughs> and let me tell you he's like Ray Winston he is. I've met him he came when I was working at Albam they came into Albam and they both I thought they were both gonna like kill me and throw me in a river yeah <laughs> but then Ray Winston bought a really flowery shirt <laughs> Yeah, he's very old school. Nice guy, but he's like, it's all about respect, Chris. If you respect me, I'm going to respect you. Do you understand? And I'm like, think so? <laughs> I don't know if you're about to kill me or give me loads of money. I don't know what's happening. Basically, the M&S deal, someone at the FA had fucked up and they had to renew the M&S deal that Southgate had. That's why he's wearing all those. Ah. That's where the waistcoat came from because M&S only had waistcoats and, and blazers. And he said, the blazer's too hot. And they went, contractually, you're obliged to wear a bit of outerwear. You've got to wear a waistcoat. And that's the only reason he wears a waistcoat. And that went massive. Oh. He didn't want even want to wear it. She's wearing this waistcoat. So anyway, he's so synonymous with it. Yeah, I know. Does, is that a thing? Well, is this the exclusive? Yeah, and what happened was we went to. So he was like, "Listen, you're going to meet him in a hotel room in two weeks. Terry Burns going to call you, and you better turn up with some suits." And I was like, "We don't make suits, Perminda." And he was like, "You do fucking now, son." <laughs> I, put, I put the phone down. Next day, I go to work. I'm like, "Guys, meeting, meeting, meeting. We've got to make a suit in two weeks, and it's got to fit Gareth Southgate." And uh, Izzy, our production manager, went, "What's his size, by the way?" And I was like, "I don't know, but you better get googling." <laughs> so we ended up making a suit for Southgate, made a bunch of sizes, and we had to pitch the idea to him. Like, what's the idea? And I was like, I don't know. So we had this whole thing where I had pictures of like James Bond 
Churchill. Because he bought something before, apparently. And so that's how he knew about the brand. Sick. FA didn't renew the M&S deal. They were like, just get in there now. It's not an official deal, because it <clears> wasn't. That's the legal thing, I have to say, apparently. We, were, <laughs> we just gifted him. Yeah. Because uh, if you end up getting a deal with him, because it's for the, uh, the Euros, the FA come for their cut. Yeah. And they, you don't mess with the FA, apparently. Oh, is it UEFA? Well, he was the F FBI came after him and all that shit. Yeah, they? he was fucking nuts. So we go to a hotel room and I just pitched this thing and he was like, yeah, I like it. Nicest guy on the planet. Nice. And he just gets stripped off. was like, yeah, give me the suit, put it on. And that was it. And he was just like, yeah, I love it. Send me some more bits. Right, see you later, boys. And that was it. And Terry, bless Terry, he doesn't like football. He doesn't know anything about football. <laughs> and we were in the thing. And you know, Southgate used to manage Middlesbrough years yeah. ago. Yeah. And I would walk up and say, like, Terry, by the way, Southgate used to manage Middlesbrough. It's the thing. And Terry's like, am I going to have to chat about football? And, we got in there. <laughs> and Terry just goes, you used to manage Middlesbrough, didn't you? <laughs> and Southgate was like, yeah, 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 yeah. And, and it, Terry also knew that he won a trophy, but he didn't know what trophy. <laughs> so he went, congrats on that trophy. <laughs> and Southgate was like, thanks a lot. Yeah, yeah, thanks a lot. And started talking about it. Terry's like, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And he's looking at me panicking. He goes, fuck all about football. Oh, yeah, bless him. Yeah. But also with the waistcoat, I was about to say about the It's Coming Home waistcoat. Apparently that didn't exist. Apparently that was a Piaston. Do you what? know about this? No, I don't know. So Southgate wore a pinstripe, blaze, uh, pinstripe waistcoat, yeah. but there was a photo and when you zoomed in onto the pinstripe it said it's coming home oh that was obviously not real but you'd never know by Santa Claus. i know not do you know why because i'm not an idiot <laughs> no look at how discreet it kind of was there's no That's fucking nah. way he yeah. would ever wear that nah ms aren't even making that but i didn't know who it was that did it i just thought you know what it might have been a funny like little you know someone like lad bible chipping in to be like yeah, yeah fuck that's it we'll true. make him like we'll get him to and wear it, something and like he'd that. wear it no it. Right, anyway, enough about Southgate's wardrobe. Let's say about your wardrobe, Chris. Your house uh, is on fire. You can save one item of clothing from your wardrobe. What would it be and why? Yes, I am saving an Icelandic scouts jacket that my girlfriend had from when she was a kid and bought it secondhand. And it's just an Icelandic like pullover, but it's, it. it's orange and it's just like a little zip quarters it's amazing just so why are you saving that over like the first item you ever made i know there's four of them just because firstly there's none of those samples are at my house <laughs> and uh just they're at know, the bear lifts. when i when i first went to when i first went to iceland they lost my uh iceland they lost my luggage and it's the only thing i wore and it was quite a seminal trip going after the first time with her and everything so yeah, oh, so when you said i thought you meant it was like a tiny ver <laughs> when you said no no it's like a i thought it was when she was like growing up in the scouts no no she bought it secondhand of uh yeah i don't know it fits it's it's okay big, fine so i thought big. it was a child's teeth jumper that's what i was like why are you keeping that as a glove. Would you ever sample it? <laughs> yeah, we sort of have got a lot of stuff like that coming now. That's it. Yeah, quarter zip fleeces and stuff, yeah. Nice. Yeah. Should we chat about the future? So you said some of the collabs that are coming up. You said Throne Fitz, Harry Lambert, Dance Planning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're putting it on the record again. <laughs> Apart from that, what's like, what we're going to expect from you in the next couple of years? Yeah. And especially like what I found interesting, you talking about the sustainability practices. Mm. What are you doing in that sense? Yeah, sustainability is a tough one. What we're doing is we've changed all the packaging. That's all, you know, the short term, long term, short term. Change stuff that doesn't hurt the planet. Easy. You can change that stuff. We tried to use biodegradable packaging about a year ago, but we weren't at the volume. We got a quote from someone who could manufacture it and they were like, yeah, yeah, no, you can use fully, no, fully compostable, but it takes six months. You have to use the packaging within three months because if you have it stored up on your shelves for six months, it composts. It starts to compost. <laughs> and, but the, the minimum order was 100,000 like, econ bags. So we were never going to use them within hell. that time. So then we couldn't afford the unit cost. So anything- you not have asked ALD to go onto their order? <laughs> oh my God, I mean, yeah, if I'd have known then. So now, but we just switched to, to paper. We switched it to paper. A few recycled yarns coming through. We're going to start a thing where people can bring their old clothes back and then we just are going to give them a discount off. And then we'll- <laughs> It then... sounds like you're, you're workshopping that one in your head as you're saying it. You're like, we'll- uh... Yeah, guys, 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 guys. 
<laughs> yeah, they'll bring it back, get a discount, and then we'll use those garments to repurpose. So recycle or patchwork or bring back to life in some way. But yeah, we don't know because we don't actually know who's going to bring back what. But or even at- donate. So again, or even just donate as well, like yeah, or donate, yeah. Because yeah. ABC obviously did that with their jeans back in the day, where you're taking your old worn raw denim. Yeah, they'd give you fifty percent off a new pair. Bloody mm-hmm. hell! Yeah, but then they'd sell you worn. They'd repair it and sell them for like four, five hundred dollars. Oh, yeah. Forever. So I was like, sorry, you want me to give you my jeans I've been wearing for like four years, and then you're gonna sell them for a lot more? Sell, them, sell like, it as worn. Yeah, we. Um, there's a lot of stuff about trying to be a B Corp. So that's like making your business sustainable in the eyes of like a world recognized status. But how much of that is because you, you you know this stuff and we don't? How much of that is like just paying lip service? Not what you're doing. I'm talking about like. Being a B Corp, like, B Corp. does it actually help? Yeah, well, it it doesn't help the business. It's really difficult to be a B Corp, really difficult. It's going to take like a couple of years of work, especially in fashion because it's supply chain. And so there's a bunch of like manufacturers who won't even be able to use because we say to them, to be a B Corp, you have to let us know where you're getting your raw cotton from, for example. Yeah. You have to let us know how you're treating your workers. All, all the way down to stuff like, do you have a law around breastfeeding that is good for a pregnant woman or a woman who's just had a child There's, it encompasses everything it has to be all the way through from the employee to the manufacturer okay so it is actually proper then yeah yeah it's, it's, obviously it, that's why it's so difficult to get that right so greenwashing we had a lot of data come back from we did a customer study because you always got to do it because you think you're in touch but just make sure you are yeah and there's one thing that came back is they were like you know what we found that your demo the 20s 30s demo for you they'll find a sustainability trigger uh, will just help them purchase but they won't be looking for sustainable sustainable things built into your okay. I feel that. So sustainability trigger is like when I get an email all the time, you can install this app on Shopify and it will just say, if you add one pound, we'll plant a tree. Or every time you buy, we'll donate one pound to plant a tree. That's very greenwashy because I'm not changing any. My yeah. business could be using kids in Bangladesh with one arm. I could be getting cotton from the Uyghurs in China who are slave driven. Could be making it like illegal immigrants from Bangladesh in Leighton who are making it for tuppence on the dollar or whatever. And, so, and I could still go, here, have a tree for one pound. Yeah. And that's what I know a lot of people do. This other thing that that, you know now Name and shame. yeah wow. <laughs> he doesn't want to get sued mate okay <laughs> they're removing them um, they're saying now you can remove the made in x country because this is, the supply chain is so long right what does made in mean like, like you might have sewn the buttons on in probably portugal for that but japan come on oh, 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 oh. <laughs> come on so but is the yarn from japan yeah are the buttons from japan yeah are the, i'm just saying yes <laughs> I'm, I'm speaking hypothetically no 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 no, no, I'm, no, not, no, no I'm, I'm not rinsing your nice cardigan <laughs> And so when you say made in, what does that actually mean? What you yeah. got the final button on there. But so. also made in so we had Mike Keon, who's a production manager, and he was basically yeah. saying, you know, like you and actually you've alluded to this as well. You could be made in England, but you could actually still be using some sort of like forced labour. Yeah. Or you could be made in China and actually be using a factory that treats its like people really well. Yeah. So actually it all that made in is a status badge. It's it doesn't actually mean anything anymore. Well, it, it doesn't mean anything to us who think we know. Well, we, I think we know. I think we're on the right track. But certainly in wholesale, you know, Mass just did all his wholesale meetings. A lot of feedback is. Yeah, the thing is, some of the stuff's made in China. And I, I know that factor in China is great. It, it's actually the best quality. We've never had quality folks from there ever. They're like, Bloody to hell. be honest, we'd like it if it was made in Portugal. And you're like, but it's a, night, it's yeah. a nightmare making in Portugal. <clears throat> they're leery. They're slow. It's always delayed. They close down for a whole month. They're, they're having fucking all the time off. China, they've got Chinese New Year. And they'll be working however many hours a week rotating their staff laser cutting stuff it's like bulletproof this factory that we use there for the stuff that is from China and so there's still this brand you're right it's a brand it's a brand badge. made in Portugal is a brand badge is it any good I, you know I, I work in fashion I've, I don't know a lot of people work in production you've got a fashion podcast 
I do. I'm, I appear on one with you, <laughs> but I I know all this stuff. Yeah, I'm sus- I'm susceptible to it as well. Yeah, yeah I yeah. I will I will still value made in Portugal. Yeah. So how do you change it? And I think B Corp does that because yeah. then every factory, no matter where you're making, has to be adhere to this set of rules in order for you to work with them. And the thing is, though, like everything, you need everyone to try and be a B Corp in order to change the industry. It's like free-range eggs. If everyone just <laughs> bought free-range eggs, then you'd stop getting those shitty battery ones because no one would buy them. But loads of people still buy them, so they still make them. Yeah. Um, so you'll never, I don't think, realistically, you know what humans are like, we'll <clears> never <throat> sort it out. So you just need to be a bit holier than now and start moving to that, and hopefully it starts shifting. But yeah, I couldn't tell you where half our cotton is from. And if anyone tells you they do, unless it's like their brand is built around that... St- like story of FG. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. They'll know. No one else, I guarantee you, will know. Okay, so look, it's a cheery podcast normally. <laughs> Actually, this industry is a bit fucked up, so it's good to cover up. And that's why we love having people like you on mm. who can explain to us rather than just having me and Danny talking about yeah. uh, how nice our knitwear is. But Dream Collab, go. There was no there was no segue there. I just <laughs> went... But also, with Percival, it's so... Warhammer. Different. Really? Because <laughs> no. I was thinking so... I love it's it. Like... It's, cu- it's having a comeback. It's no, it'd just be fun. No, Dream Collab. You've worked with a lot of brands from very different walks of life. Yeah. So there kind of isn't really anything. But this is my thing is like, I'm over collabs, but the way you do, I don't know, it's kind of ingrained in your mm. DNA as a yeah, brand. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it doesn't feel, whenever you do the collab, it doesn't feel forced. It it's just not like you're like doing Vans Disney for the 19th time and no, shit no, like that. No, no. We feels... just collab with stuff we like in the office. So we say, I come in and go, right, we've got to work out like Q4 for 2023. What do we like? You know, we got a bunch of Umbro tops we got from classic football shirts. And so, so we were like, listen, can we remake them? And Terry just went, hold on. Let me just let me just see if I know someone there. And Mass was like, oh yeah, I know somebody who works at Umbro. Connected us, now we're doing Umbro next uh, autumn. And, and, they, and, I, and then I was like, oh, okay, see what we can do. It might be a nightmare. Chat to the geezer, the nicest guy. What do you want to do? Oh, I just love those old 90s football kits. Can we look at what you've done? He's like, yeah, yeah I'll send some stuff over. Anyway, you can pick any vintage print from our back catalogue and change it and do it. And you do football shirts. No way. And so that was like, suddenly I've gone from, I like that old one we've got to, we can now do licensed Umbro Percival proper football kits next year. So that's what we're doing. So that's been a bit of a dream. Footwear? Because you guys currently don't do footwear. No, we don't. Is there any plans? Or Yeah, th- th- yeah I really want to do footwear. What kind of style would it be? Would well, it be you know, a you know, kind like, of like common project style? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, thinking, like, I'm thinking like a white leather cup sole, <laughs> made in Italy, like gold the deboss. I reckon, um, yes, it's a oh gosh. We're look, we're working with Jacques Jacques Solivaire, which isn't Solivaire, right? It's kind of looks like a paraboot mix of a Clark's original, but it's just like little French independent brand, That's like cool. Percival. Sick. And they have sick. I did, I did, Terry brought it to me. He's like, have you seen these shoes? It's kind of like a climbing boot style lace. Sounds sick. I will, mate, we'll get, I'll send you some. I'll send you the site as well. Also on record. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they, I just love it. It's like discovering brands that go through the same journey as we've gone through, like having a nightmare and like growing it. and Because like, like no one celebrates the, 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 the brands just grafting. Yeah. You get like, Kanye. Like, things are dead, like, you know, hit the headline. You know, and never You're not going to do a sandal one. then? Second. You're not going to do a, a bejeweled sandal. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, the things that we're like, I want to do are coming to fruition. I hope it carries on. Nice. 
It's like, because, you know, you can do a collaboration <clears throat> for, I suppose, like, for, for money. Yeah. You can do a collaboration for exposure. Yeah. But there's something really nice about when two brands with a similar ethos who don't ha- have to be a lot bigger, they can be similar mm. trajectory. It feels good when that happens. Yeah. And you're like, oh, fuck, I get this. I get yeah, why yeah. this is happening. Yeah. Um, but I also like, I, also no shade on getting a bag and there's no shade on doing something with someone a lot bigger because it can get you exposure mm. either. But those are the ones that are really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like this campaign one like we just all we do is on a Friday in person we drink Negronis so when Campari came through it's like okay everyone is involved with this from the intern all the way through to me it's like we all love it let's do it and everyone knew where they're coming from the idea was there didn't have to sell it to anyone well it's also like quite nice knitwear actually it's brilliant I'm gonna lie it's a bit fun isn't it yeah because when you're looking at old Formula 1 old cycling it's like this is too easy I love it and you think of like Obviously, the, the most common one's Martini. Yeah. But then Campari is quite like a, oh, sick, this feels cool, rather than just feeing like, oh, and, and God, Cam- it's another Budweiser collaboration. Like, cause or, obviously or, do or a get, like, Campari plug, and I didn't even realise this. They said, Campari's the only drink you can't substitute. Like, there's nothing that's like a version ah. of Campari. Like Martini, everything. There's versions of whiskey, there's versions of gin. There's a Campari, there's no version. It's yeah. just Campari. And I was, That's so the brand. That's, that's the brand and the drink. Yeah, the brand and yeah. the drink, yeah. They were like, there's no other drink that substitutes for that ingredient yeah so I was like what's in it and it was a like, top secret <laughs> well theoretically not theoretically Dan's player next person what could you imagine it looking like before well, brainstorming if you had to top of your head uh, we'll go winter like autumn winter mm, more fun in it winter mm. but the problem is our styles are so different because I'd, I'd go summer and it'd be a nice little knitted shirt uh, some short short shorts and a loafer Whereas your legs aren't made for the Could sun. We do short shorts in that are a bit like netted basketball-y, like really short, like a bit, yeah, bit wafty like that. Yeah, a bit like sheer. Hundred percent. Your dad, like, who said it? Someone's like pictures of your dad from like the seventies. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you could get a little like jacquard tape going down the side, and we could come up with like a graphic thing that works. I'm sorry, coming home. I'm sorry, I've stolen. You want to win now? I'm coming home, pinstripe. Exactly. I've stolen this from you. I'm really sorry. You did say you want winter. No, we go winter. Dan's planning. You got to have an amalgamation. Summer drag to trash. Of Daniel, myself, mm. and Matt Brown. Three very different styles here. <laughs> so Matt Brown's getting a snakeboarding collection. Uh, he's getting stonewashed three quarter length. Uh, and a super tight hurley top. Nice. Perfect. <laughs> I think for winter, well, firstly, we've got to do stay pressed trousers. Perfect. And I think we've got to get it Please, right. Please, yes. We've got, to, we've got to start them really, really well. Get that press yep. strong. I think we probably, I like, you got to go with a bit of trend. I'd play into a bit of mohair. Love a mohair. And I think you'll both wear a cardigan. Yep. So I think, okay, let's let's push into that. But what I'd like to do is play a little bit into a Driftfield aesthetic, which <laughs> oh, is... Pop, pop, pop which up is, in York. We put a... We design Monsdale. A, we design a football shirt that goes underneath it. Sorry, are you just recycling an idea that you've done for another podcast? <laughs> <laughs> We, we have just done a football shirt for them. They're not getting mohair. I thought oh, they were doing tracksuit as well. No, we're not. Uh, is it no, dropped or? Uh, yeah, just no time. Oh no shit! Time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, just, just a shirt. Oh, so, well, we've got time so, if you wanna. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, Driftwood FC. Yeah, yeah. Underneath the mohair. Driftwood FC, and the activation is we're playing York FC. <laughs> Very good. Driftwood FC, uh, mohair. I think we need to do like like a raglan sleeve, really just big wool sort of trench to go over the top. Very World War One. Very Driftfield. But not not Cable. Let, let's find just some amazing like camel hair, something just a bit Sick. spicy. Keep let's keep the loafers in there. Maybe we speak to Jack Solivare about that. I do love a turtleneck as well, like a turtlenecky. Yes, like yeah, a you, yeah. is it a mock neck? Um, yeah, mock neck. Yeah. Or even like the cycling jersey that like you did with Campari. Yeah, something like yeah. that. I'm a big fan of those. Okay, and we can do whatever like graphic DNA we've got. We can put into the jacquard 
Perfect. The jacquard. This is too easy, guys. Next yeah. winner. When are we doing it? So you want winner. I did like your summer idea, though. Yeah. Oh, we could do both. We have we, 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 two seasons on lock. Yeah. Proper fair. <laughs> It'll pay for us to not have Amazon Basics mics for the UK's <laughs> number one fashion beauty podcast. <laughs> I think that activation's easy as well. We just, also, we're making posts about it loads. That's the activation. <laughs> yeah, what this was the new for the launch pie? We're not. He's just going to post about it loads. I mean, we chatted about this when we went to the corner shop to go get drinks beforehand. The colour scheme would have to be green and white. Yeah, it's quite vintagey. Talking about green and white. And also, the activation, it's got to be a sports tournament that will be taken very seriously. Yeah, a pub, uh, like those then pub game, like recreate that guy without the sexism. Fred Truman, Indoor League. Me and Chris run about it. I was at a, a pool and pints tournament. Pool and pizza yesterday. How'd you do? I won. I, yeah, smashed it. I'll verify that. He did win the pool and pints and pizza tournament and he, yes he did chase Alexa Chung down the street yeah <laughs> man so what do you want for pudding I don't I'm just going to chase that woman down the street <laughs> that poor defenseless woman down the road Lord. moving on right so we're on about the Paul and Pizza night and then Chris said that whenever he does anything sports wise he gets very competitive yeah so competitive so. it's got to be organised well like if and, and actually it gets to the point where I push people out of the way you're organising it poorly I go just let me do it don't worry and we've, you we've had, got Matt Brown you had a yes. darts tournament yeah in the, in the old shop and that was the one that, and that's when actually Terry started helping out and I was like alright oh, this guy's actually going to do some good stuff for us and he organised a darts tournament to launch our winter range one year and he but he pitted everyone against each other so we had FHN came down RIP and we <laughs> had fast and fast yeah I know it sort of lived up to their name a bit we had Sartorial 7-ish we had uh... <laughs> new or old one <laughs> 2.0 and, but Percival won the darts tournament because I was so competitive and it just pissed off all the influencers and everyone because we won ended up winning it. <laughs> we, at Kyra, we had a we went to we joined Levi's football tournament. They asked us last minute. They obviously forgot about us. Someone dropped out. They pulled us in. Yes. We'd never played together. We basically had two amazing players and like our goalie used to play for Man United. We didn't know this. He just happened. He just happened to be. We used to play for Man United. Insane. Max is a cat. We ended up like absolutely smashing everyone. Like. The basement, GQ, Mundial. The head that of Kyra got like 23 girls. They're like, like fucking. We destroyed it. everyone. And they were like, oh, no. and you had these teams that were playing every week together. And we were just like, these like kids turning up with like, no, we didn't have a kit, nothing like that. Mismatched. I bought Shinnies and Astros on the day. And well. he would sub off, go for a fag. <laughs> and a no and a he, he was very much uh, is 30s. So you, you, won, you won it. We came second. We lost to 4 4 2. Yeah, who, you should, who, who should, should win? win? Yeah. But Mund- we beat Mundial. Mundial should be winning. Yeah, we beat Mundial, but we lost to 4-4-2. Yeah. I suppose the last thing as well, the final frontier. Oh, yeah. We had direct to consumer. We have wholesale. Yeah. What is happening in the future in regards to the way you guys are adapting to Web 3.0 and the metaverse? Or you're like, nah, we're heritage. <laughs> <laughs> metaverse, not ready yet for us. I think it's a punt. I think it's I think it's interesting as loads going on. For us, there's no relevancy at the minute. I think like Art of Football just did a thing where they designed some kits for the new FIFA in EA, like EA Sports FIFA, and then they released the kits themselves. And okay, that was a nice tie in there. Do it, makes sense. You've got people doing concerts in Fortnite. And They're actually fantastic. Genuinely fantastic. That's, that's working. But I think like if, you know, if Gucci is doing a skin that you can buy for $5, I mean, suddenly you can buy Gucci. For those kids playing those games, it makes sense. For us, it doesn't make sense yet. I may have a Balenciaga Fortnite skin. That is what I use. <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, what you've just done is proven the thing. Like if Percival did a bunch of skins and paid to be in Fortnite. Yeah. Firstly, we wouldn't get in because I spoke to the guy from there. Just as research. And he was like a guy at um, Epic Games was just like, lovely guy. He was like, the thing is, next year we've got Ferrari wanting to do a bunch of stuff. Sick. And we've got, insert other massive brand we're not going to do Ferrari so he's like we got so much on they're Ferrari in the queue so firstly that illustrates like how far we'd ever be down in the queue 
And they did a Harry Kane skin recently. <laughs> but it, he was saying that what you can do is build an extra game, an, uh, your own world that plugs in. The dev on that's like 300k to start with. And then, and then I got to promote it. Yeah. And so it's just like, it would be such a huge distraction. And like, I think eventually when the metaverse has worked out exactly what it's for, Fortnite is just an example because there's not like some omnipresent world where you can use your Balenciaga skin in every single game you like yeah. and on your social. Like it doesn't work like that. Yeah. So it's different versions of different skins. So it's still not there yet for me to even warrant. I have to understand it right now, but I don't have to do it. Yeah. I think that's the key. But with the question, if you were represented digitally, Chris Gove, mm. what would you be wearing? Dream fit. My, <laughs> you've got to plug personal here, surely. I didn't want to be. I didn't want to be boring. Yeah, it'd be some. It'd be, oh, some, it'd be Percival cut in with some junior from like 2016 era when it was all dead patchworky, and it was that was like you got like a he did a junior Levi combo jacket, yeah. and it had that big leather pocket. Then it had a suede bit in two different tones of denim, but like I'd wear that layered in like a big Percival wool trench coat. And then underneath, I'd have a billabong t-shirt that no one could see. <laughs> and what's on the feet? And trousers. Trousers have got my, my new Stay Press collab trousers that we've made. <laughs> there nice. you go, and, yeah. And then, uh, at a minute, I've got my Jacques Solivaire hiking lows that are like fur-lined inside. Ooh. So you don't really see the fur, but it's a proper winter shoe. When's that coming out? So you're having Apple Bottom Stay Press and boots with the fur? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very good, mate. <laughs> Thank you. It's almost like you're a presenter and you own a podcast. <laughs> you own a podcast. And a model. <laughs> Yes, yeah, uh, and a rapper. <laughs> when, when are those shoes coming out? I just want to see them. Uh, March, April, because it's actually a summer drop, that one. Okay. So we're not doing winter, we're doing summer. But the winter ones, I'll get a pair of winter ones, boy. Sick. Sick. Yeah. Have you got photos of them as well? Uh, you just, I'll show you this. After this, I'll log on to the website, sir. Perfect. Like my mum says, have you got that .com address for that site? <laughs> Put it in Google. <laughs> <laughs> that is a very solid fit. Danny. Hello. There's Alexa Chung. Go chase her. <laughs> Guys, we're going to be in the bonus content. See you in a bit. I <laughs> hate you for fuck's sake. <laughs>